0: We're just out of the CTEL community of practice discussion, uh, the first one for the 2018-19 academic year. Uh, my name is Rob O'Connor from the Department of Computing and Mathematics and I am joined by Una Keeley from the School of Humanities who has just given us a very insightful uh, talk and presentation on her novel approaches to Moodle. Una, there was a bit at the start of your talk that I think is maybe indicative of the whole thing Uh, you had in big red writing up on the Moodle page. This Moodle page is a work in progress. If some links misbehave, please let me know.
1: Yes, I suppose that's a bit like life. Um, Moodle is a space that students use generally when you're not with them. And life being the way it is sometimes with all the best of intentions, the things that you've set up on your Moodle page don't work. And. I acknowledge in that, in that, on that, that's the first thing that the students see, Yeah. that this is a strange in between space, in between being in the classroom and being your own independent, in your own independent learning space. And if it doesn't work, let me know, because what I've what part of the way the Moodle is set up is that I have a whole load of documents in a hidden section that the students don't see. And then I create links in the Moodle pages to those documents. So I have created a curated space Mm. in the sections that the students can see. And just sometimes I might try to I'll set up links and they don't work as they should because I've made some stupid mistake of my own. So, it's to say to the students, if it doesn't work, let me know, uh, but don't be frustrated, mm. um, because sometimes when you're own, when you're on your own, trying to either prepare for a class or do some work after a class, you're busy enough, and you don't need Moodle to be misbehave, and it it might. Yeah. So I suppose that line is just about recognizing that we're in a different space.
0: Mm. In
1: this, it it is. Supported by technology, but as we know, the technology doesn't always work all the time. Yeah,
0: what, what I took from it, actually, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to come back to that maybe towards the end. There, so the, the point of your discussion was you're using a, a a flipped classroom mentality and you're using a kind of a, a column structure which is based on um, a card system now you mentioned right and I, I'm an ignoramus about these things I don't know I mean I know about column structures and I know about responsive websites but y- you're talking I know about the technicalities of it rather than necessarily the philosophy of it if, okay. if you know what I mean so you mentioned own Furlong's card system okay who, on your Furlong, who, is, on your furlong. Or, sorry yeah. oh, excuse Onya Furlong okay now I know yeah. what you're talking about
1: right so <laughs> I learned a lot from Anya Furlong, amongst many other people yes. in WIT, Onya devised a uh, a three card system, which is basically you have a you think of your website, your web page, and it has three columns or three cards, and that's Onya has written a paper about how these three cards work hmm. um, pedagogically and how how they support the student, and I f- thought not only did that three card system work really well as an educational framework to use in this in-between space which is what Anya would describe the online space mm. but it also looked really beautiful really clean and it compartmentalized content which and and curated it which i found really appealing i like the aesthetics of of simplicity in this crazy world of online where everything is everywhere all the time. So I felt that the three card system was not just quite going to work for me because of the way I teach, I primarily teach literary texts. Mm. so And I would generally teach one text over the space of two weeks. So for me I felt I would use a two card system. So you can imagine these two panels one with all the content and preparation that you need for week one on the text and the second panel has all the same content and preparation and tasks for week two. And some of that those tasks will require you to watch something, it might require you to read something, it might require you to um, create something of your own. So technology is facilitating the learning space and sometimes enabling the learning to take place but it's not all about technology.
0: So this is coming back to the idea of a flipped classroom and you mentioned okay. that your 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 lectures are not so much lectures they're more seminars and tutorials yeah. now for somebody who again who's an ignoramus like me what does that mean does this mean that you're not coming in and saying right uh, if you're talking about uh, K- uh, Katie Roach by Teresa D V, right here's some points about Katie Roach Teresa D V, and here's a, a 40 minute lecture and then we'll have some questions afterwards
1: okay so that, I, that, that,
0: that would be the, the traditional way
1: Traditionally, that's what happens, isn't it? Yes. That you come into, as a student, you come into a lecture. Lecturer provides you with content and you go away enlightened.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Um.
0: (laughs) I love your language.
1: So I decided that, I suppose, there's two ways to teach. You either light the fire or fill the bucket. And I decided that I wasn't going to fill the bucket. I wasn't going to concentrate on content anymore because the the internet and the libraries are full of content. Yes, If anybody who wants content can go and get content, that's not my forte. Um, or it's not, it shouldn't be the only reason why I'm there. I'm there to augment the content that they've already digested. So now what I do is I do deliver lectures, but, I give all the notes beforehand. Everybody has everything before I go in. And so the lecture tends to become more about a discussion. It becomes more discursive. And it turns into seminar naturally. Once people have all the notes, you don't have to tell them everything anymore. So Mm. you can talk about what the stuff is that you want to talk about.
0: And do they engage with it? The students I'm talking
1: about. The students will engage with it. I'm finding that I'm, applying that approach across the three years. The third years are brilliant at it. My, You know, the third years, m- many different third years have all responded in the same way, all enthusiastically. First years, it's more difficult because you're, you're trying to engage them in a way of learning that's completely different to what they have come from or yes. if they've been away from education for a while, completely different to the educational style that they did engage with yes. back in the day so i'm i'm still trying to get to grips with how to facilitate that for first years but for second and third years and fourth years that's working much much better for me
0: what, what it, when i see your you the sample page that you put up for us uh, i think it was modern drama yeah and i was very impressed with the the you mentioned the aesthetic. I was, made, but I was, I immediately started thinking about user experience and design yeah. of it. In that, the human eye prefers yeah. to read long forms of text that are uh, short width rather than long width, short body, because it's easier for a eye to kind of scan it. Um, and I, I could see that at use in your in your page. But what what most impressed me was the kind of the pre work. Yeah, you do this before you come in here. Yeah, and when I think about this concept of the flipped classroom, which I've heard and I don't really know an awful lot about, I can kind of imagine what it might be like for a module that I would teach based now on what I've seen you doing in Moodle and describing your classroom setup. Yeah, you know,
1: when I fully embraced the idea of the flipped classroom, it really changed the way my my own experience in the in in the room with the students, my relationship to the content. So. I'll give you an example of a flipped classroom activity. My students had to read Woman in Scarecrow by Marina Carr. And in that play, there's a thing in the wardrobe. It's and it's described. It has black oily wings. It only has one wing. It's it's a really disturbing. Character. Mm. We never actually get to see it, though. And so one of the tasks is they have a set of tasks. One is to read the play. One is to read an article by Marina Carr, and the third task is to draw the thing in the wardrobe. And I tell them that what we will do next week is we will we will discuss their drawings. And so everybody comes into class, and I say, "Okay, everybody, put your drawings on the floor," because actually I don't use desks, so we all sit in a circle Mm. everybody puts their drawings on the floor, they go around and they stop in front of a drawing that they like and then they interpret that drawing against their own interpretation of the play and suddenly we have this conversation happening so somebody interprets a drawing that they haven't drawn themselves against their interpretation of the play and then the creator of that drawing responds to that interpretation And so we engage with this really informed, meaningful exchange of opinion in class. Mm. And the seminar just takes its own form. The students rise to the occasion because actually they can't. They can't draw the thing in the wardrobe without having done the previous tasks. And the tasks are structured, so they're asked to read the play. That's number one task. They've done that. Then they look at the next task. What's the next thing? Read the article about Marina Carr. Okay, I'll read that. Then the next task is to draw the thing, which means they have to go back to task one and task Mm-mm. two um, in order to do task three. So by the time they get into the room, they will have done all of that study and independent work hours of independent Mm. work in order to be able to get into the room next week. And suddenly you're in the ideal scenario where you're having this wonderful discussion with students who are fully engaged and are telling you things that you didn't know about the play, broadening your own interpretation of the play. Mm. And so you're using Moodle and you're using technology, but but in order to get to a place where People in the classroom are engaging wonderfully in this really stimulating discussion about the content. and So you you, Mm. you get to content without ever having delivered content. You get to that, that place.
0: Yeah, you know, if I was a skeptical person, I could say, well, that's all well and good for uh, drama or, or some sort of humanity subject because you can bring a lot of... So much of it is dependent on interpretation or the prism through which you view it. Whereas if I was to go to, say, science or, or technology, computing or, or engineering or, or some aspect of business, you can't do that. Facts are facts. But I can actually imagine how something like that would work. Maybe not draw a picture, but it could, it could be... If I was teaching app development and we're looking at a particular framework, it might be to get the students to have tried out that framework before Mm -hmm. we come into the classroom, uh, rather than right now, lads, here we go. Lab five, we're going to work with this framework. Ask me questions if you run into any difficulties. Wouldn't it be better if they had done some stuff previously? and let's just have a lab about the difficulties that they run into yeah because it, of, do you know I me mean? yeah because
1: we're not doing anything different we're both talking about applying theory to practice
0: yes yeah
1: so the drawing of the thing in the wardrobe is simply a way for them to apply the theory to practice yeah. and then to deconstruct the, the application of theory into practice by the playwright in this in this module but you i can see how that would work completely and utterly within any other discipline yes because it's not about interpretation it's about finding a means to ele- enable technology to help you deconstruct theory and practice to abstract that theory and then examine it so our yeah. conversations when we talked ab- when we drew the thing in the wardrobe the students were really talking about the um the existentialist philosophy that was underpinning Marina Carr's approach to writing. Yes. So we were just, just talking about how theory is applied in practice. And that is common amongst all of our disciplines.
0: Yeah. It's very hard to disagree with that. You mentioned in your talk as well that the first time you set up a Moodle page in this way, it took you thirty-five hours. First off, I'd love to know how you arrived at that very dif- definitive <laughs> figure. Uh, were you counting? Were you on the clock all the time? Uh, but, but then you subsequently said it took a lot less time for, yeah. for the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So, c- yeah. could you could, because if again, if I was a sceptical person going, sure, why would I do that? I don't have the time for that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I I suppose the great impetus for me was the fact that I was doing the blended learning module, and part of our assignment was to create. A Moodle page mm. that would work, and I counted the hours because I did it all in the first week of January <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and i I had a certain amount of time and i i I figured loosely yes. that was the time it took thirty five hours yeah, and actually, all I created within that thirty five hours was um two pages and then a whole load of holding pages, yes, so. Um, and I was teaching myself everything. Well, no, I wasn't. I was I had been taught everything. I was trying to assimilate all of that teaching mm. that I'd gotten in that wonderful blended learning module and put it all into practice. So I was looking at bootstrap, which I didn't know anything about, still know very little about. Mm. Um, and I- cre- created what I what I wanted in terms of the template for a site. And then, of course, the brilliant thing about Moodle is that you can import the template into other modules. Yes. So that's why once you've got the template, you can then import the template. There's still a lot of work to do on the back end of the site. So I call it the back end of the site because you've got what the students see. Yes. And then you've got a hidden section where you just upload all your content and that provides the, the links, the link documents that you then kind of... Link up to in your in your in the front end of your site, which yes. is the site that the students see. So that's that's what made me do it. The fact is that I I was doing the blended learning module. I had to do it for the assignment. I loved that module. I thought it was just so great, mm. and I wanted to do myself justice. So I worked really hard to, to to do that. Um.
0: And you just just you have no web experience? None. None. Zero. So it it. It can be done by an it, idiot. It can be No, no. anyway. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, your words not mine. No. But I think that, that's an important thing because sometimes sometimes you think, oh, sure I can't do that. I'm not an expert in this, so I'm not an expert in that. I don't know anything about web development. No. But
1: I know nothing about all those things. But
0: you've put together a very it puts pretty much every single Moodle module I've ever created to shame. Uh, so I have to commend you on that Thank and um, I know you like to collect prizes but <laughs> if I did have a prize for uh, most aesthetically pleasing Moodle module I would give it to you as well
1: and, and I would have to hand it on to Anya Furlong who really <laughs> inspired me
0: <laughs> ah, well, <laughs> there you go Anya, you're, you're getting your props um the this is part of this community of practice discussion forum whatever you want to call it, uh, that the lads in Seatel are running. And I know that they're always happy to help and assist if somebody has interesting questions about Moodle. Um well, they're helping with any questions about yes, Moodle. Yes, even but, stupid ones. But there's no stupid Just questions. The,
1: well, I always ask those.
0: Yeah, no, I always say to students, "There's no stupid questions. You might get a stupid answer, but you won't get. A st- there's no stupid <laughs> questions." Uh, so do give the lads a shout uh, in the CTEL office. Uh, they're always happy to help, um, and uh, I believe they like uh, muffins as well. So there you go. Uh, right, Una Keeley thank you very, very much for chatting about your uh, the, the card system uh, on your Furlong's card system. How you've applied it to your Moodle page, uh, the flipped class. And I suspect this is a conversation that will continue around the halls of WIT uh, over the near future.
1: My pleasure.